Do you enjoy our podcasts? Help us to be able to continue creating quality content by visiting our merch store at store.another12.org. You'll find some great merch there, and the best part about it is that a portion of every purchase goes to support the work that we do. Welcome to Drippings from the Honeycomb, the official podcast of Another 12 Ministries. We are so glad that you have decided to join us as we enjoy the sweetness of God's Word one verse at a time. Are you the master of your possessions, or have your possessions mastered you? Matthew 19.23 says, And Jesus said to his disciples, Truly I say to you, Only with difficulty will a rich person enter the kingdom of heaven. The question of resources, the question of wealth and riches as it relates to the kingdom of God, is a subject that Jesus talked about quite a lot. He had a lot to say about how humans handle the resources that God blesses them with. Even back in the Old Testament, we see that God had very specific rules for the nation of Israel when it came to how they handled their wealth and their income. Above all, The key factor to handling wealth properly was that it was not to become the main focus of those whose hearts were given to God. Wealth was to be looked at as a tool, as something that God blessed someone with for the purpose of using it to glorify Him. But in this verse, Jesus seems to be taking a very radical position when it comes to wealth and the kingdom of heaven. In fact, He would go on in the very next verse to say, that it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. But what did he really mean by all this? Did he mean that having worldly resources can actually limit someone's entrance into the kingdom? As we look through the scriptures, we see clearly that wealth itself does not keep someone out of the kingdom of God. Many of the great patriarchs of Israel and the righteous men of the Old Testament were people of substantial wealth, People like Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Job, King David, and others had tremendous wealth that was given to them by God, and yet they were godly men who loved the Lord with all their heart. And again in the New Testament, we see that many members who were new to the church had tremendous wealth, both men and women, and they utilized this wealth to support the ministry of the new church and of the apostles. So it's very clear to see from Scripture that Money in and of itself, possessions in and of themselves, and wealth as a general term in and of itself does not actually limit one from entering the kingdom of heaven. So when Jesus said these words, he had to have something else in mind. And as we know with all of Jesus' teaching, the underlying theme was always the condition of one's heart. This was the main difference between Jesus' teaching and the Pharisees' teaching. The Pharisees taught behavioral modification without any regard to the position of the heart. Jesus, however, taught that it is out of a heart that is right with God that behavior is truly changed and becomes glorifying to God. And so we must take what Jesus is saying here and look at it from the position and within the context of what it takes to approach money and wealth with a holy heart attitude. See, at the core, Jesus was calling for sacrifice from his followers. In Luke 14.33, Jesus said, So therefore, any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. 
This term renounce gives us a very key clue into what Jesus is talking about in the verse that we're looking at today. There's a difference between renouncing and relinquishing. Specifically, renouncing means taking away your allegiance from something. Jesus was not telling his disciples that they needed to become beggars on the street in order to follow him. What he was telling them was that their heart's ambition could not reside with worldly things if they were going to be his disciple. And this verse in Luke really illustrates the teaching of what Jesus said in Matthew 6.24 when he said, No one can serve two masters, for he will either hate one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. See, simply put, for those of us who are kingdom followers, loving the things of this earth, loving earthly gain, amounts to heavenly treason. Our heart can only be in one place. If we are devoted to pursuing earthly riches, then we cannot have a heart that is loyal to heaven. If we are devoted to serving heavenly things, godly things, then we cannot give our loyalties to serving ourselves in a pursuit for worldly things. And so we see when we get right down to the core of what Jesus is saying, that he's talking about the distinction between ownership and stewardship. Ownership says, it's mine. Stewardship says, it's his. Ownership seeks to possess. When we own something, it becomes ours. When you buy a house, for example, you get a piece of paper called a deed that has your name on it, and it gives you the legal right to possess that house and to do with it whatever you want. You're the one in control. It's your house. You want to paint it? You can do that. You want to sell it? That's up to you. It's your house. You own it. You are the master of that house. Stewardship, on the other hand, takes care of a resource on behalf of someone who is greater than you. If you were to go to dinner and sit across from the money manager for the richest man in the world, there would be no way of confusing the money manager of that man with the richest man in the world. You would know that the money manager doesn't actually own all of the assets that belong to his employer. He's merely an employee of this wealthy man. Now, he may have great control and exercise great authority over the assets of his employer, but at the end of the day, those assets do not belong to him. They are not his. He does not possess them. He is not their owner. You see, ownership and stewardship are distinctly different because ownership seeks to gain physical resources. That is the whole goal of it. I have this much in my possession now, and I am focused on gaining more so that I can own more, have more, store more, keep more, make more. The whole point of ownership is more for me. The whole point of stewardship is more for someone else. It is managing the resources that have been entrusted to me on behalf of another to maximize that other person's potential. Another way of saying it would be, ownership is self-centered, stewardship is selfless. And why is this important when it comes to the kingdom of God? Because God has made man in such a way that when man pursues something, that thing or that pursuit becomes his master. Whatever the human heart sets its affections on, it will spend all of its resources to obtain, whether that is energy or time or finances or skill. Humans by nature pursue things radically when they have an interest in gaining them. What this really means is that when a person pursues something with all of their heart, 
they ultimately become a slave to whatever they are pursuing. When we as kingdom followers pursue worldly resources, worldly finances, we become a slave to those resources, a slave to those finances. We spend our time, our energy, our effort, our skills, our resources on gaining more resources, on gaining more finances, on pursuing more things of this world. But when we set our heart on obtaining Jesus Christ, on serving him and getting to know him more, then we become a slave of righteousness, seeking to be more like Christ and to know him better, to bring glory and honor to him through all of our pursuits. And when it comes to our resources that have been given to us by God, this takes on the form of godly stewardship. It means recognizing that my pursuit is Jesus Christ and that all of the resources that he has placed in my hand are only for me to steward and manage for his glory. So how does this relate back to Jesus' statement about it being difficult for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven? Well, the real point of Jesus' teaching here in this verse centers on the fact that whatever man pursues causes him to expend in the pursuit of his goals a resource which he can never gain more of. And that resource is time. And this is important because time is the currency with which man worships God. We spend time reading God's word. We spend time praying to God. We spend time meditating on what God has done. We spend time worshiping God. We spend time giving the gospel to other people. We spend time discipling others and being discipled ourselves. But if we trade our time for the pursuit of earthly gain, then we are taking away the most precious gift that God has given us, our time, and expending it in the pursuit of something that we cannot take with us and that we can never truly own, and that while we possess and we seek to possess, will only enslave us to itself. Stewardship, however, is the opposite, because we seek God first, and all of the resources that he gives us, we continually apply our skill and our ability to utilize the gifts that he has given us in expending the resources that he has entrusted to our care to further his kingdom. You see, our entire focus is on knowing God, and so we expend our resources, our time, to obediently obey God's will for our lives. If we are stewarding the resources that he has given us well, then we are doing it for his glory and honor. We are doing it to use it as a tool for the mission that he has put on our lives. As I said before, ownership is a totally self-centered process, whereas stewardship is a totally selfless process. As stewards for God's kingdom, our goal is to utilize whatever resource he has given us to bring glory to him and to achieve the spread of his kingdom on the earth. You see, what Jesus was really getting at when he said that it would be difficult for a rich man to enter the kingdom was that those who are followers of Jesus must divest themselves of all attitudes of ownership and possession over every resource that has been given to them by God to steward. We as kingdom followers must have an appropriate view of the money and the possessions that God has given us here on earth. They do not technically belong to us. We are their caretakers. We entered this life with nothing, and we will leave this life with nothing. Because everything that we have been given here on the earth by God while our brief life exists has been given to us not to own, 
but to steward for his own purposes and for his own glory. And our pursuit must be obeying him and glorifying him and spreading the message of the gospel to everyone that we can reach using the resources that he has given us. Every resource that a believer holds must be seen by that believer as expendable in the service of God's kingdom. That means every dollar in your bank account, every square foot of your house, every single thing that you own must be seen by you as an expendable resource to grow the kingdom of God should God call you to use it for that purpose. That is the truest essence of stewardship. And any other attitude towards the physical possessions that God has put into your care to steward during your life is sin. Because everything belongs to God and everything that he has put in your hand is to be used to glorify him and to make his name known throughout the whole earth. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Drippings from the Honeycomb. If you would like to learn more about Another 12 Ministries and the work that we are doing to train youth ministry leaders to bring the gospel to young people, visit another12.org. If you would like to support our ministry, click on the donate link in the description below.